Is my recorder on? Yeah, my recording is on. Okay, great. (laughs) We already have bloopers. We're 50 seconds in and we have bloopers. Welcome to Church Talk. I'm your host, Amanda Hall, here with Reverend Laurel Gray. This is the monthly episode of this podcast where we talk about the monthly sermons, world events, and how we make sense of the complexities of life. If you'd like to submit a question or discussion topic, please email it to podcasts at uucsw.org. We'll keep you anonymous unless you say we can include your name. In this episode, we'll be discussing the sermons Love and Loss, Lessons on Grief, and The Love of Weak Ties. If you want to hear those episodes in their entirety, you can find them in the same podcast feed where you found this episode. We'll also recap them here before discussing. Hi, Laurel. Hello. You know what I didn't do? What? Was check to see if we have any uh, (laughs) questions. My kitten that I just got was playing tug of war with my knitting needles under the table the whole time you were doing that. Cool. And it was hard not to laugh. <laughs> it was like a strong grip. It's fine. <laughs> okay, SoundCloud Transactions has emailed us and that's it. Oh, how exciting. They didn't ask us a question about how we make sense <laughs> of the complexities of life. You know, maybe but they already know everything. next time. Yeah, it's true. Anyway, should we start the podcast? Let's do it while I'm being slowly attacked by a small animal. (laughs) Cool. How are you otherwise? Other than like scratched. It's almost my birthday. Isn't it almost your birthday? Isn't that Uh a thing? Yeah. Yes. Happy almost birthday. What day is yours? On Saturday, the 25th. Ooh. When's yours? Yours is much closer than mine. Mine is until March 12th. That's so close. Mm-hmm. Pisces. Yeah. Maybe that's why we podcast yeah. so well together. That's totally why. <laughs> that's what all of the astrology blogs. How do people communicate these days? Astrology. <laughs> we sound so old. TikTok. Hey, speak for uh, myself. You know. Um. <laughs> I'm technically older than you. Oh, really? Like, barely. <laughs> I'm going to file that. That's true. I'm going to file that information away to weaponize later. Um. <laughs> Good. Good job. Uh-huh, so what thank are we, you. What are we talking about this month? Um, well, first we're talking about the sermon that many people grief. Yeah, a lot of people wanted to send to other people. To, right. The, the first sermon um, was about grief, but it was specifically about trying to help people who are not grieving um, have some understanding and skills for approaching people around them who are grieving. Um, And so I think part of the reason so many people wanted to send it to someone was because it was like very skills focused. And like when someone around you is grieving, like this is how you can think about what grief is and how it operates to sort of prevent you from like tripping over your own assumptions. Um, And then second to that was like, these are things that are helpful that you can do. Um, And so that I wrote in um, sort of in tandem with a congregant who lost a child a few years ago. 
Um, and so that was, um, it was sort of specifically re- requested um, to, to help share some like knowledge and wisdom and practices um, because our society is not very good at teaching us what to do when people are grieving. Like we say all kinds of yeah. really awkward, like vaguely religious things that don't make sense. Like mm-hmm. they're in a better place. And it's like, what on earth does that mean? And you're yeah. just telling me don't be upset about it, which is like, seriously. So, yeah. Do you want to, yeah. oh, how about I take a shot at recapping it and you tell me what I forgot? That's great. You read it more okay. recently than I did. <laughs> I I listened to it today at AAA while I was getting my Amazing. car state inspection done. I wrote it. I cried in whenever. public. <laughs> Not the first time, won't be the last. Amazing. Um, I fully support that choice. <laughs> yes. So centrally, the gist was um, there was we were introducing the concept of veloma, which is oh, uh, yeah. means against the, the natural mm-hmm. order of things. Mm-hmm. I forgot so, about that. <laughs> yes, there you go. Um, loss, death, grief is, you know, grief is the reaction to the world being completely turned upside down. Right. Um, and so that doesn't change in a, you know, five stages of grief way, which is yeah. not an evidence supported thing yeah, no. and it's sort you don't, of specific. you don't like digest yeah. grief and then be done with grief that's yeah. not a thing yeah so while people are going through their journey it's definitely not anyone's job or within their capability to like make someone else's grief go away or right. diminish it or whatever it is right. like right. your job is just to make sure people don't have to be in grief alone yep um and like the main principle for um, like the epicenter of care model was yep. one that you introduced, which is that the person most directly connected is in the center of the quote unquote earthquake or yeah. whatever it may be right. of grief. And then um, imagining rings coming out, like people are positioned, people who are closest to the grief are in the center. And then, you know, you get further away from it as right. your connection to the person who's died or whatever other grief inducing yeah. event has happened yep. and you want to make sure care always flows inward and not outward. So if you're um, like trying to lean on someone with your grief, lean on someone who's further away from it. Right. Um, and also be really concrete in mm-hmm. the help that you offer, the care that you offer. Don't like a good, um, a good replacement for how can I help or let me know if there's anything I can do to help. A replacement for that is a specific offering. Yeah. Like, I made some food. When can I drop it off? Yep. Um, and things, uh, <laughs> greetings are kind of a small thing. Yeah. So something you mentioned is instead of the question, how are you, which is impossible to yeah, answer. Yeah, you can't. Right. <laughs> you can have a greeting along the lines of, it's good to see you, or I'm glad right. you're here. Right. So. That was very um, well recapped. Thank you. I took I notes. did talk about all those things. <laughs> Thanks for you reminding did. me. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's something I thought that, like, a thing that really, the thing that I found very touching, the one that did make me cry in AAA yeah. today. Yeah. On a Wednesday in the middle of the day. <laughs> Crying <laughs> that's, is that's awesome an aesthetic. at all times. What was that? <laughs> that's an aesthetic. <laughs> 
It's a real vibe. <laughs> what? Because um, like crying at nighttime is more palatable. Yes. <laughs> I mean, because we're supposed to have a f- we're supposed to have feelings in private by ourselves, Laurel, when no one can see. <laughs> um, On schedule. <laughs> Yes, during my designated feelings time between 7 and 7.15 p.m. Oh, yeah. Great. <laughs> Amazing. Um, yeah. But what was well, the part? Okay. But- it was that, like, part of why it's misguided to try to get rid of grief is, like, grief is tied up with love and you yeah. wouldn't want to diminish someone's love. Right. Um, right. So, you know, I found that to be very touching. Well, and I feel like it's important to say that, like, it seems obvious once you say it. Um, mm-hmm. But we so often when someone around us is hurting, we sort of go into like fix it panic mode or like, I want to take yeah. their pain away. Which yeah. with grief, like, sure, if they're like, you know, have a head cold, like, okay, great. Yeah. Like medicine, right? Like you can do something to help yeah. make that better. But when it's grief, it's like, what, what are you taking away? Like, what are you fixing? That's kind yeah. of, it's kind of horrible, which I think is a helpful thing to acknowledge to, to mediate the impulse. Um, yeah. So, cause like, yeah, of course someone's going to grieve if they lost someone they love and that, thing isn't going to go away, right? Yeah. Like, how like, could let you me wish fix that how- they... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, you're not going to fix how much someone loved someone that was dear to them. Like... Yeah. Right. Why Why would you even want that? Um, yeah. But, but I think that, like, with, like, challenging emotions, we have this impulse to, like, make it better. Um, so I think it's... I felt like I was saying a lot of, like obvious things in this sermon and yet because we don't actually talk about grief openly like you don't necessarily like people haven't necessarily gone through the cognitive process to think about the obvious things and then when you're confronted by grief there's this sort of like panic reflex um Mm -hmm. and i was i was actually surprised by that service because I got the most feedback from people who have experienced really profound grief um, from loss of someone who is either young or it was tragic or it was unexpected. Um, and they all they all express gratitude and this sort of like like exhale factor. like it was a relief to just have it be said. Um, yeah. Which I was really thankful for because, I mean, as always, I mean, we've talked about this. When you're talking about things that can be really emotionally fraught, the reason to talk about it is to try and, like, make some room in a positive way. Um, And so with something like grief, you really don't want to, like, you're not trying to cause people to feel grief, right? Like, it's not an invitation Mm -hmm. into Mm -hmm. that place. Um, But for people who are in that place actively there's sort of um I don't know a desire to be gentle with that um so it was it 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 was helpful to hear from those people and especially sort of doing the service in partnership with someone who has done a lot of grief work and has really been in the midst of some really intense grief um it was it's helpful to know when, like, 
the thing that you did, you succeeded at in a way that helped in the way you hoped it would help. Um, Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And I think that's why so many people wanted to like send it to someone else they know. Right. Um, I think it's, it's also, I mean, part of why religion exists, (laughs) part of why like historically people have needed religion is like, storytelling around the unknown especially death absolutely um yeah and so i think it's it's like it's interesting in a community like unitarian universalism like we're talking about this in a religious context right in a religion that does not have a set story or creed about what happens when you you die die. as opposed to you know some other religions which might have a little bit more of a concrete like um, narrative around that. Right. So for us, like that one, like reduction of uncertainty that yeah. some religions offer, yeah. you doesn't really offer no. intentionally. Right. Which can be really um, hard, which is so, where I think it's important yeah. to be able to say, it's not that we don't have anything to offer. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to give you a story about how to make sense of it. Um, and sort of like, all religions, like you said, are trying to make sense of the unknown. So, like, they're all attempting to put words around things we can't ha- we can't know with any certainty. Um, yeah. And I think for us as a covenantal tradition, the thing that we are certain about is how we want to be together and how we want to treat each yeah. other. Um, and that was where, um, like, sort of talking about. To me, talking about what you actually do in practice when someone is grieving, that is very much grounded in what we do know and how we do choose to be together. Um, Mm -hmm. So. I agree. I mean, it was a very, an extremely UU sermon about (laughs) death. (laughs) Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. I don't think I said the word heaven once. (laughs) That sounds right. Yeah. I mean, we do we do hold that there definitely isn't hell. Yeah. Um, We don't damn people. (laughs) Right. Yeah. That we that that we do have. um, As dare I say, create around. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's theology. That's where universalism came from, right? Like. Yeah. Yeah. Those creepy gravestones with like the angel um skulls right era of religion the universalists were like i don't know about that (laughs) this is a little scary (laughs) yeah legit i think too like who doesn't love a how-to everyone loves a how-to well especially when it's something where you truly have this like really high desire to get it right and really Mm -hmm. low sense of like what on earth do you do and yeah. I think part of part of my goal was in the talking about like how you're not going to fix it was to eliminate the the sort of pressure to get it perfectly right as if you could yeah. say something that would make it not hurt. It's like that's not the bar. That's not where we're aiming. We are aiming mm-hmm. to not make it worse, right? And we yes. do know that connection is a good thing, but you have to do it in a way that is effective like actually creates connection and doesn't just make you feel like you were 
you know, a, you did your neighborly duty, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I hope it I hope it helped people. Speaking of connection and yeah. community and neighborly duty and neighborly <laughs> duty, yeah. The other sermon for the month is the love of weak ties. Yes. Um, and my, here's can I do another yeah. recap do it. attempt? I love it. <laughs> okay, this attempt is much more condensed because the central idea is it's sort of simpler um, than the other one. It is. It yeah. is. Um, your sense of belonging is kind of ambient, I guess. Um, oh. <laughs> like, a lot of your, like, general happiness, well-being, yeah. stress, like, ability to handle stress and yep. reduce minor stresses and stuff um, comes from casual and friendly interactions with, like, strangers, loose acquaintances, people who are not, like, close, close friends or, yeah. like, family yeah. Um, Which is not having, to say those yeah. those ties don't have a positive impact, but we sort of know that those are important. Often we overlook yeah. like all the other sort of people, like this sort of ambient connection around us. Yeah. And there I've I've sort of tried to articulate this at some point. Yeah. Um when I was talking about my how I feel about my social um like network and community here in Philly. Cause like when you're new, of course, if you're a community nerd and yeah. like a <laughs> like connections <us>. nerd like <laughs> me, yeah. Like us, yeah. I was like, I'm, I'm pretty uh, deliberate and intentional and, and like um, conscious of what's happening yeah. with my social circles. Yeah. Especially starting over completely in a new yeah. place during it's a pandemic. It's really hard. Yeah. Um, it's very hard. But so I was like, the way I was articulating it for a while was like, I feel like I have trees, but I don't have a forest. Oh, like I yeah. have individual people who I, I really like and consider yeah. friends and care about. Right. But I don't feel um, necessarily like I'm at home or yeah, there's not a, a, whole commu- a whole community yet. Yeah. 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 Um, and I think this is, what it was talking about. Like, yeah, you know, totally neighbors that you see every day and wave to. And yeah. they're just like, you know, that kind of thing. Um, yeah. st- it takes a long time to build in a new place. Right. Um, and is more so, significant than we realize. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, um, so one, one thing this got me thinking about in particular is, um, like racism and yeah. fat phobia and ageism and oh, like oh yeah I didn't think about that um, and how isolating yeah like, and like oh ableism because yeah. like a lot of where that shows up like this is so a lot of racism people think of racism as the KKK right. which it is yeah right, right. Um, like that does count as racism there's also yeah it, it <laughs> but does not exclusively right um like racism is also in our systems in our institutions right. but also it's in your everyday interactions totally like this yeah and like i just wanted to bring to this conversation the concept of the allostatic load yeah um so i pulled a definition allostatic load You're is so the cost prepared. of chronic Thank you. I was thinking about this. My car was being worked on. I had nothing else to do. Amazing. Um, 
So allostatic load is, quote, the cost of chronic exposure to elevated or fluctuating endocrine or neural responses resulting from chronic or repeated challenges that the individual experiences as stressful. Yeah. Um, and so like our close ties, like mm-hmm. our big experiences of discrimination or rejection or, yeah. um, you know, whatever kind of like is disconnect are the ones that get a lot of attention right um but i think in this sermon you're talking about like how beneficial it is to have all of those little like mini teeny tiny little nuggets like little drops of belonging yeah little drops of like connection connection and kindness yeah and having those being deprived of those or even having them go in the other direction like someone being a little bit snippy to you right um right or just not smiling when they're taking, you know, when they're passing you on the street or whatever. Right. Um, right. Like the cumulative effect of that. Yeah, is extraordinary. Is extraordinary and yeah. like makes people sick. Um, yeah, totally. And I, it's interesting because like, obviously only being me, I have only experienced life in my body. Right. And, right. like, my body is white and able-bodied and everything like that. Yeah. Um, but I have I have certainly noticed differences um, in how I feel received by the world and by people in it. Yeah. Like, based on how I'm moving through the world on that particular day. Yeah. Um, like, if, if I'm feeling grungy, like, yeah. you know, I... If I don't feel like well dressed or whatever, right. and I just am like getting through the day, like the world doesn't seem as friendly as when I'm like cheerful and yeah, like into my outfit and yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, and Which so I think has there's a compounding effect for people who like if you're right. deep in depression and those things are out of reach anyways. It's like there's sort of this um, like snowballing effect. Yeah. And I think it's, I mean, for women, aging is also a really big thing yeah. that makes a difference in how people treat you. Totally. Um, like, it's, <laughs> it's, it's weird now. Like, I'm, so I'm 34, about to be 34 in like a few weeks. Yes. You're about to be 34. 35. Um, <gasps> oh, you're about to be 35. I know, aging. It's happening uh, to everyone happening. all the time. <laughs> yes. Um, like, it's weird to me now to, like, be in line behind a couple, like, 22-year-olds, yeah. right, baby, who are checking out with a male, like, checker especially. Yeah. And I'm like, this creep is flirting on these, with these children. Yeah. It's like, it's, to me now, it seems extraordinarily creepy. Yeah. Um, totally. but when I was that age, I didn't. Like, sometimes I would think people were being creepy to me, but yeah. usually I would just think people were friendly. Right. Simply the matter of attention you get. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. I was, you know, when I was 20, you know, even starting when I was, what, 18, 17? Yeah. To, like, 24 or 5. Yeah. Like, the world was much more friendly to me. It's yeah. just true. Yeah. Um, or at least interested in you. Yeah. Or interested, just yeah, because because yeah. not always friendly. You're right. Like there's definitely some creepy vibes there, but there's like the sort yeah. of who's visible. 
Yeah. Um, so fun. Yeah, that was kind of... So it's, you know, your sermon was very positive and I took it to a bummer place. You're welcome. Yeah. I mean, um, that's okay. <laughs> After doing like a series of of sort of difficult sermons in a row, I was like, fear not everyone. Next week, <laughs> we're talking yeah. about happiness and connection, but not in like an overly Valentine's Day way. Yeah. But that is, I mean, I just think like those little things paint your world. Totally. <laughs> in a different way. Which I think also is like, to your to your point though about this sort of these small moments add up i think when people think about things like racism there's this like i can't solve the problem when it's like okay but also like do you have a neighbor who is like somehow you know disenfranchised by society and nobody is kind to them and like just being friendly and passing moments like might remove a drop from that allostatic load. And that's not mm-hmm. like some heroic thing, but those things also do matter. Yeah. It speaks, I mean, a lot of time it that concept is used in like medicine and medical research. Yeah. Um, because like it speaks to life expectancy. It totally. speaks to susceptibility to like to illness yeah heart disease right like the the strain on your body and like by the way um just gonna sneak this in yeah uh like tying into the fat phobia episode yeah that never really was or that became something different um like we kind of skirted it yeah there's a lot of like medical literature about how like fat people are more susceptible to whatever disease, like which has no medical basis, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you have no way of distinguishing that causally from the effect of bad medical care. Yeah, causality is not established because there could be bad medical bad medical care. Right. There There's is so bad medical care. Yeah. Um. Well, and the effects of like yo-yo dieting and trying to yes, like, all of exactly. that is so dangerous for your body. Like, how many of those studies linking, like, body weight to, like, whatever other health issues controlled for? Right. Like, how do you find a group of people in this year, in the year of 1990 or 2000 or whatever, who have not had fluctuating weights due to dieting? Yeah. Like, Like you don't have any. (laughs) That's, like, not a thing. (laughs) You can't find study subjects who are fat who also have never done yo-yo dieting because right. everyone is societally forced into yo-yo dieting. Right. So by the way, you can't distinguish that. You can't separate out the effects of that. Plus right. allostatic load. Yeah. Like this in and of yeah. itself explains and simply a ton being of, refused medical care. Yes. <laughs> like it's yes. real bad. Yep. Like being, but I think like being refused medical care is a big one. Right. Totally. Like, yeah. but like, Paying attention to all these little ones too, right, right, because all those little important. things add up, right? Like because people because it are doesn't like just happen once. These are the things that are multiplied, right? Rapidly. Yeah, and people don't understand like why it's so bad, like because it kills people slowly. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, um, not to get soapboxy, but I'm no, getting soapboxy because I feel real. like. It. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we do try to be honest <laughs> on this podcast. Yeah. yeah. 
I don't think we can well, either be accused of indirectness. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't really have anything else to ask about those two sermons, but we're only at a half hour, so this feels wrong. How strange. <laughs> well, so this coming Sunday, um, which is technically still in February, is Members yeah, and Friends true. Sunday, um, which is like more of a ritual service, so there's not really... Um, it's not like I really give a sermon. I sort of talk about what it means to be a member, um, which I think is a good thing to remind people um, because akin to the the sort of you use don't really ascribe things about the afterlife, um, you also can't convert to being a UU, um, mm-hmm. which is very much tied up in like our history with this country because the like in the early colonies the church was the town hall um and so to be like you know a voting member of the parish it was like meaning the town and the pair like and the church um you had to be a member of the church and so that that sort of lives on in the ethos of how membership in uu churches functions um because people think about it as being this um like confessional religious thing which it's weirdly not like it's Mm -hmm. it's sort of weirdly maybe not theologically neutral but sort of um because becoming a member of the congregation really means you're registering to vote um in the congregation um because the the primary difference and you're making a commitment to be part of it right but lots of people make that commitment without physically signing a book. Um, so there are lots of people who are f- what we call them as friends of the congregation who are very active and give, but they just haven't like signed on the line in the old leather bound mm-hmm. book. Um, and that the reason that we do this in February is you have to have, um, this is one of those rules where I'm like, I want to know the like the drama of why this rule got created. But there's, there's a stipulation in the church's constitution um, that you have to become a member at least 90 days before um, the annual meeting, which is in June. And the annual meeting is when mm-hmm. we approve the church year budget for the next church year um, and when we elect officers. So that's like the members of the board who essentially like run the congregation. Um, and so, so no, like last minute power grabs. Yeah. (laughs) Which I'm like, who was like trying to sway the vote at the local Unitarian church? Like when did that happen? Um, cause it's not a thing that happens right now. (laughs) Yeah. It's like getting people to come to the annual meeting. Everyone's like, why? Right. We trust that you're doing a good job. We don't want to come to the annual meeting. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, there's no, there's no uh, trying to like storm the ballot box going on anymore. So it's funny yeah. to me, but that's why we do this service in February um, to make sure there's enough time before the annual meeting. Um, so that reminds me of a there's once this corn festival. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> um. And, like, all over their website in, like, bright red, like, huge font, it said no drones allowed. Like, no drones allowed. Yeah, which clearly there was, like, a drone storm at some point. I, (laughs) 
I want to know what happened at the corn festival to prompt this size, weight, and color of font Mm -hmm. that is surrounding the requirement that you may not bring a drone. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, Yeah. There's a um, petting zoo somewhere. I forget what town it is. It, it is, but it's sort of like north of northwest of Boston, um, and they have dairy cows, and so they have. There's this like little ice cream stand, and there are these giant signs <laughs> that say, "Please don't feed the chickens ice cream," which is also like, <laughs> uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Never oh before God. has anyone told me not to do that, <laughs> but I won't. They haven't? <laughs> no. But that the the chickens were like actually aggressive. Clearly, they want ice cream. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like the damage has been done. Yeah, I know. It's like it's not me. Train your chickens. Yeah, I think they've gotten a taste of that good creamy stuff. Taste of freedom or whatever. (laughs) Is that a Ben and Jerry's flavor? Freedom. Probably. Yeah. Should we say a good thing before we go? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. Do you have one? Oh, um, I started knitting a hot pink sweater. (laughs) Ooh. (laughs) That's what I've been doing. And the kitten, I got a kitten a month ago and he's finally asleep, but he spent most of the podcast um, trying to duel with me from under the table and trying to steal my knitting needles. (laughs) Did he win? So if you need like some cute vibes to go along with this conversation... Can nice. provide, can provide cute vibes. We went to the vet this morning to get his vaccine and um, they decided he was so Oh, getting political. That he... <laughs> Uh-oh. I, I do vaccinate my animals. Um, but he got paraded around to go meet everyone at the vet's office because he was so cute. Nice. I was proud. <laughs> that is cute. Great. I have a very awesome. chill and handsome kitten. Beautiful. Amazing. Yeah. I got a blocking mat for my crocheted granny squares. So they'll lie flat and they'll be the same size. (laughs) I love that this is like turning into craft hour at the end. Like we have burningly strong opinions about social injustice and word (laughs) and fiber crafts. (laughs) I mean, we can have the like fiber crafts button. Yeah. Yeah. Balance. With Got every, to. with, I learned this when I was uh, a teenager trying to, when I thought I would be an actor because I like attention, but I'm not that good at acting. Um, I could never imagine doing that. <laughs> oh my God. It was so much fun. I love it. Um, wow. That like makes me itchy, <laughs> which is funny really? that I now have a I job we that's so like similar. so much public speaking. No, I hate that idea. Oh, <laughs> Okay, well, anyway. Anyways, I'm happy for you. Then, Laurel, you don't need this information. <laughs> but, but I'm curious. But when you're auditioning, you have to yeah. pick a monologue that has a hook and a button. Oh. So, like, a hook is the thing that you say that, like, gets their attention right away. Yeah, okay. Um, it's like a good then, opening line. Exactly. So I guess, like... I mean, I kind of do that. Yeah. Um, and then the button is the thing at the end that, like, wraps it up nicely. Um, oh. so the button is our, is our yarn projects. Yeah. Isn't that aptly named? Cause it's like clothes. Yeah. It's our, it's Great. our like fiber art button. Our bind off. 
sure. You don't do that in I, crochet. I crochet. So. <laughs> we, have, we have opposing uh, fiber arts <laughs> skills. <laughs> well, in crochet, you fasten off. Oh, interesting. So we can just say, all right, fastening off. Binding off. <laughs> that <sounds> so weird. <laughs> sure does. <laughs> is everyone laughing now, though? At least we hope. There is sure, joy and amusement to be found in the world. Cool. And terrible, okay, awful things. <laughs> okay, cool. Good talk. <laughs> Go team. Bye. Bye. Oh, fastening off. <laughs> Bye. No, I can't do it. Bye. <laughs>